How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host Brian Masalm. Brian, how you doing today? You know, I'm fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but we get we gotta get up the Schneid. Yeah. So uh, Yeah. Speaking of fantastic, yeah. We got we got Keon Coleman here joining the show today. Uh, one of the biggest bright spots in Michigan State season, Michigan State's last game against Washington and future. Keon, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Just thankful for the invitation to the show today. For sure, for sure. So, um, Cam, we got to ask you, you were one of Michigan State's first marquee commitments under Mel Tucker. You were um, the highest-ranked commit of Mel's first class. So can you take us through your recruitment timeline and when you kind of knew Michigan State was going to be the school? Because if I, if I recall correctly, your recruitment came down to the very, very end. Yeah, something like that. It was it was like it was in the middle of some crazy times, you know. It was in the right. middle of basketball season, football season, and just not knowing, you know, what I'm saying the exact things I was looking for in the school because that was like a new process to me. But when I met, you know, what I'm saying when I met Coach Tuck and actually started, like actually trying to decide where I wanted to go, uh, it really just came down to where where I was gonna have the best chance of being successful on and off the field at and having a great relationship with my coaches, you know, on and off the field too, and just what coaches gonna help me become a better man at the end of the day. And like the area, the area helped too, you know, it's a uh, good, good, good away from, um, like it's far away from home, you know, so it's a different experience and things like experience that a lot of people wouldn't get to. So just being able to bring my uh, family up here and enjoy the loving fans and the culture around here. So that just was a deal breaker mm. for me. Mm. And I mean, so, I didn't really know where I was gonna go until like literally that day of signing day. So yeah. it, was, it was it was a nail biter. Yeah, yeah. So so briefly, thank you for joining us. And we're obviously um, 
thrilled with the with uh, what you've been able to accomplish so far, and we obviously Spartan Nation has big plans for you. But what made you want to play for Mel Tucker, number one, and what kind of culture shock has it been for you coming up north? Oh, who wouldn't want to play for the best coach in America? Like that's a that's a no brainer. Like you want to realest dude I ever met. Especially as a coach, you know, a lot of coaches be on and off, but like he's a, he's a real, he's a real cool dude, and he he's about he's about he's about winning. He's a, he's not about he's about hard work, you know, getting where where you trying to go, and he's been there where I'm trying to get. So why not come learn from the best? And the coach, I mean, the culture shock it it has it has it hasn't been like very bad, you know, adjusting to certain foods. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and the weather, the weather's not not as big. Like people thought, like it, it's not as bad, but then now I, I see the food. The food is definitely different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw Keon in a, in a press conference that he was eating Subway all the time because he didn't mess with any of the other food that was up here. What no Man. Creole? What do we? What, what's what's so different about the food? Tell us. What, what what's different? I'm pretty sure you know the difference. I'm back home. We got everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean Subway. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get hit with like a lawsuit for slandering Subway, but like Subway is not Subway is not top fifteen love, in, in I, East whoa, Lansing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I love Subway. <laughs> yeah, because you're trying to lose weight. We're talking what? about people that are trying to eat well. Wraps, no carbs. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. <laughs> eat well, Subway like that, regardless. <laughs> All right, okay. So, Kian, um, you have gotten a chance to. Get coached by Courtney Hawkins for two off seasons now, a uh, year and a half total. He's a guy that played in the NFL for a decade. He's a guy that has been um, a leader of men at the high school level. This is his first college job. What can you tell us about what it's been like getting coached by him and what this time has been like? It's been very productive uh, for me on and off the field. Uh, he's he's another real cool guy that coach coach up, you know, hired to come under him and. Coaches up, you know. I came in not with not with not a, a lot of knowledge as a receiver, so he pretty much helped me progress in every phase of that. And be for real, he really the reason I can do everything I can do on the field. Because without his mentorship, I don't think a lot of those things would would be possible. You know, obviously Hawk is. I mean, he played what nine years in the league, and he's uh very highly regarded, was an MSU legend. So I'm sure, you know, when you when you learn from the best, you're going to play like the best. But, uh, you know, when you talk about, you're one of the, f- the few two-sport athletes that we have at the university. H- how, does it, how does it feel like playing two sports? And what's the difference? Uh, I mean, I don't really feel like it's like a difference. Because, I mean, you still have to balance your schedule. It's not like you're doing them both at the same time. So it's like once you've done one, you pick up the other, and school's still going on and everything else like that. You still got to take care of your body. So, I mean, I don't really think that's different. A lot of people might think it's difficult, but, I mean, I've been doing that my whole life, so I don't really think it's it's a, uh, it's a change. And what was the first question? I didn't, I didn't uh, get the first question. I said the... Uh... Yeah, just like what's it like playing both sports? What's it like but, playing yeah, for Hawk? Yeah, that or was no, really... the, like just playing both sports. Playing both sports. Like, what's the difference between playing both sports? Well, yeah, or just you can tell us what what's it like playing for Coach Izzo? Yeah, tell us that. <laughs> what's it, oh, hold on? What's the difference between Izzo and <laughs> Izzo and Tuck? That's what I want to know. 
there's not much of a difference. You know, they both coach the same way. They're, they're, they're players, coaches, you know, they're people, person, people, people, like, they're, they're, they're going to be involved with you. And they're going to help you every step of the way. They want to win. They want to get as much out of you as they can. Because potential, like they say, potential gets you beat. They're trying to get all that out of you. So you can put that on the field and on the court. And they're just trying to work hard and get everything done. For the most part, they like, the, they like the same to me, to be honest. It's like a mirror. It's like mirror. It's like the same thing when I go to basketball. Yeah. They only discard. I like that term. Potential gets you beat. I've never heard that before. That's that's a potential gets you beat. You're right. You're absolutely right. That P word's a dangerous word, right? It's it's who can deliver. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, that's it's uh it's great hearing um just your approach to everything, Kian and. I know on Twitter, um, one of my favorite tweets I've ever seen from a, from a recruit, <laughs> I think it was uh, your senior year, somebody had a tweet. It said, like, who's the best high school player you've ever played with or against or something? You quote tweeted, you said, Keon Coleman. And uh, I, I, was down, I was down when I saw that. And just as, as I've listened to you in press conferences and stuff, you have this, um, this great level of confidence, but you don't say it in a cocky way. You don't ever say it in an arrogant way to boast. You say it because you truly believe you have those capabilities. What can you tell us about your confidence level, where it comes from, and just how important that is to you? The way it comes from is, you know, being able to, let's see, let's see how I can say this. So if you're not confident in yourself and your abilities, who's going to be confident for you? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's about, like, the position I play is you got to have a certain level of swag and confidence about what you can do. Because if not... DBs pick up on energy and vibes, and they're gonna destroy you out there. So you mm. gotta have a different, a different level, a different mindset. You gotta be able to tap into. But for me, I feel like that's just me on the daily, and I feel like that confidence comes from preparation and sharpening my knives and my tools that Coach Hart helped me with, so that I can put those things on the field and be confident about those things and confident in my ability because I prepared as such. Mm. So, what just briefly right you've had some some mentors or just senior leadership or older leadership around you uh, briefly talk about what you've learned from Jaden and Trey Mosley as you've learned to become a better receiver a better player better teammate what what have they taught you because it, you know as we all know that you can't teach experience so they pretty much taught me a, a lot about accountability and you know lead, like being being more of a leader vocal leader not just lead by example. You got to be able to take people with you. Don't just do anything by yourself. If you're going to do something, try to take people with you so everybody gets better because you're only as strong as your weakest link. And on the field, they just taught me, you know, reading coverages, being able to dissect defenses and be able to just thrive through those momentum swings and stuff like that for the most part. And helping me getting in and out my breaks, trusting the process of what Coach Hawks teaching us, teaching us all and just being being more accountable. So, Kian, I got to ask you, when you're getting ready for these games, when you're getting ready for your multi-touchdown performances and stuff, what's going through your headphones before the game? What's your Give us your top five favorite rappers. Uh, we talking about your favorite rappers or what I listen to on game day, because it's totally different. Can, let, let's, uh, let's go. Interesting. So first, let's go with okay. your top five, and then you can tell us who you're listening to per game, if they're not part of that. 
So top five. Yeah. You gotta have Lil Wayne. You gotta Love have it. Lil Wayne at one. Wayne gotta be one. Uh, Lil Baby, Young Boy, Polo G. Uh, and we can go Tupac. Tupac at five. Okay. Okay. Love that list. Uh, what's your favorite Wayne album? I like that. Sorry for the wait too. Okay. Okay. I love the sorry for the wait. Love love all the remixes he does and the and the covers. I gotta go with the Carter Four. That's crazy. Yeah, the Carter Four is mine. Yeah. Yeah. He made better songs than what the original song. He really did. He really did. He just snatched their songs and just outdid them. Um, so my favorite song though is John. John. John goes hard. Yeah. Mega Man. Everything. Mega Man was going hard on that album too. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what do you what are you listening to pregame? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't agree. Yeah, he, he didn't. didn't agree I saw with he, that. he didn't agree with Mega Man going yeah, hard. Yeah, I mean, what's it's up okay. with that? It's okay. It's okay. Nah, Lil Wayne carried that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne is he's the, he's the goat. He's he's top three all time. What if, what if we have him on the sideline for the <laughs> for the Ohio State game? Are you okay with that? <laughs> Ain't about me. Tuck don't have to be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> right, you gotta make that happen. I, I'm, I mean, Tuck's gonna make those decisions, not me. Um, yeah, you gotta talk. You gotta talk to the head man. For that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey. All right, Kia. So pregame then. Pregame. I got a lot of stuff going on. It just depends. Okay. So I, I for sure gotta have some young boy now. Like some young boy. That's a no-brainer. Lil yeah. Baby gonna be in there. Lil yeah. Baby gonna be in there. Tupac gonna be in there, of course. But I like to go old school with some like old school soul R&B, like just calm my mind and just calm the spirits and just be okay. level-headed. You know, so I gotta throw some slow stuff in there. Some Rod Wave in there. Uh, let's see. Okay. Nah, that's a good list. That's a good list. I like that's you know it's kind of what I listen to that I enjoy. Yeah, so. you gotta start getting into that Polo G. Yeah, that, that, that I'm cap listen, a lot. I'm I'm that's just my that's <laughs> what I that's what I listen to back you know. Run, right. run DMC. Oh, you have a, different, a different level of your mind. Yeah, yeah. It's alright, Keon. We'll we'll get him onto that Polo G. Ke- Keon, what, what do you like better? You got some work to do on that one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, sure. I mean, I'm old. I'm old, man. I mean, it is what it is, but. Tell me what you like. What's more enjoyable to you, scoring a touchdown or dunking a basketball? Whoa, we got the pause there. Scoring a touchdown. Okay. All right. De- definitely right now this fall. That's what we need. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also more points, though. That's true. That's true. But can't argue with the math. Can't argue with the math. Cannot argue with the math. So, Kia, what was it like your first time heading out there, Spartan Stadium, as a starting receiver, week one? You going out there, catching jump ball after jump ball, just like you said you would in the preseason press conference. You said they're not 50 50s, they're like 80 20s, and uh, you delivered. So, what was it like there this year, going in there, being a main player, and just seeing Spartan Stadium full, cheering you on? What was that experience like for you this year? I mean, it was, it was mind-blowing, you know. But I didn't let that affect me in the game. I just kind of, once the game started, I kind of tuned it out, you know. Coach coach allowed you to go out there a little early and, you know what I'm saying, just look around and take some deep breaths so you could be good when the game starts. But, I mean, it felt good, you know, being able to make some plays in front of 
our home fans and Full House first first game of the year. Yeah, it was. It was it was one to remember for sure. Yeah, and Kia, my last question for you, just uh, sticking with the support kind of angle, Michigan State Twitter, they're big fans of you. You've been you've been their fan favorite for two, three years now. What's, Easily. What's their support like? What What do you think about Michigan State Twitter? Best in the nation, hands down. Best Ab- in the nation. Ab- absolutely, you know, you are absolutely a Twitter favorite, and I'll uh, I'll end this with one question. I appreciate you joining us. So. Um, you know, we, we expect you to ball out this week, right? Like last week, and we want to get the W, and, you know, we appreciate. Uh, we love seeing the way you've been balling, but uh, just forecasting the future, where do you see yourself? Where, do, where, where, where are you going to be? Where are you going to get picked in the 2024 draft? What are you projecting? Uh. I can't. I don't really know what teams, but I'm trying to go first round for sure. <laughs> I, I, you, he doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. He don't miss. <laughs> we can't get him. We can't get him. So first yeah. round to whatever team willing to take a chance on me. That's all I can say. Yeah. God, you know what? God bless, man. We're proud of you. As a as a fellow Spartan dog, we're proud of the way you're balling. Keep balling. Keep playing. Keep getting better. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, let's go out there Saturday, get that W, and uh, and uh, do all that you got to do. So we appreciate uh, your time, Keon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Go green. Go white. Thank you, Keon Coleman. Yep. Right. Twitter sensation. Yep. Favorite of the fans. Yep. Twitter sensation. Basketball player, and then also does a little football as well. And and you know his engagement level on Twitter has really had the fan base really excited huh yeah he what right when mel's first recruiting class was going on there wasn't like as much of a upper echelon talent level that was in that recruiting class because obviously they had to have the covid um overcome covid it was they just got there and keon coleman was like the lightning rod that brought all the hype and energy around that first class they had um, Kevin Wiginton was doing work recruiting and everyone was taken to that and they got Charles Brantley and Ma Nautiote and some of these guys but Keon was the consistent guy he had 50 offers he went to he committed to Kansas for a while uh, to play for Bill Self and Kansas football and decommitted and Michigan State got their hopes up and stuck with their hopes and on on national signing day he um, chose Michigan State what a wonderful young man with a level head on his shoulders. And yeah. that's exactly the type of man we want representing the yeah. program. He has a very unique combination of level-headed, not cocky, but also confident. supremely confident. Confident. Yeah, it's a unique he, combination. He has a, he has a, you know, yeah, when you yeah. have that swag and that confidence and you believe, you really believe it, mm-hmm. you don't come across as cocky. Right. It's that simple. Right. You yep. know, but on to the next topic. Yeah. Mel Tucker, not happy. Mm. Uh, we're going to show up tomorrow ready to work and we're going to have a better football team next week. So I'll open it up for questions. Mel, early on, they obviously were going and attacking you guys through the air. What, mm. what did you see just from your level with what Pedix was doing and what was going on in the back end? Yeah, we had, some, we had a matchup issue that they took advantage of. It, it, it was obvious. It, sh- it showed up early in the game. We knew that it was going to be a, um, a game of uh, explosives. Every time, if you look at the, their drives in the first two games, uh, all most of, almost all of their scoring drives uh, included explosive gains, and we knew that we needed to eliminate explosive gains, and we weren't able to do that. Um, and it just was a 
a deal where it's too it's too easy to score when you give up big chunks. And so um, I have to look at the film to see um, exactly uh, what we need to do to fix it. Um, but um, you know, we you know we had some issues and, and with some matchups. How difficult was it with that quarterback and the two or three receiving threats that they could present to you as a defense? How difficult was that challenge? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it was difficult. We weren't able to hit the quarterback enough, and we weren't able to put enough put enough pressure on him. And then, um, and and we also really didn't really stop the run like like we needed to on early on early downs. And so, um, but I mean, he's a good player. Like I said during the week, I mean, he's one of the best players in the country. Um, we think and. Uh, but we weren't really able to do anything to get him out of rhythm, and uh, and we let him off the hook with some big plays. So uh, this past week, MSU lost to Washington, 39 to 28, down three time zones away in the Pacific Northwest. And you know there were a lot of the a lot of the things that we watched that um, you know brought some pause and concern. But we both we don't we don't doubt that they're going to get corrected, um, Justin. Key, t- key takeaways from MSU's loss to Washington. What did you observe? Yeah, so I think um, going into the game, we'll start there. One of the question marks was how would Peyton Thorne play for Michigan State? In the first two games when a lot of the other units on the team looked good, he looked shaky. In this game, Thorne played very well. He was not one of the um, issues, not one of the reasons they lost. Played really well for the most part. Had just two mistakes, really. He had the interception, and then he missed Montori Foster on a post route where he was open. Um, but, yeah, it was Peyton Thorne looks to be back to normal. That's something that Michigan State fans can take solace in moving forward. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that really everybody kind of took to was just the secondary. I think the way I look at it is it's not really a black and white issue of, oh, the, the, the corners were playing too far back, DBs were playing too far back. I think if you go back and you look at some of the plays in the first quarter, you look at Chester Kimbrough twice getting beat while he's pressing. You look at Amir Speed getting beat while he's pressing. Scotty Hazleton, as a result of that, started to play that cushion coverage, cover three type of scheme where if you can't cover the guys pressing as they could it in the first quarter, the defensive coordinator has to do that. Where I think that hopefully we see a change in the in the coming weeks is the amount of blitzes that they send. Because a quarterback that's competent like Michael Penix and some of the others on the schedule will pick the defense apart if they have time and cushion coverage. So ideally, if you have to play cushion, you won't have time. So more blitzes is what I would like to see. And then the uh, offensive line, pretty decent against the pass rush, um, but run blocking was not very good. Um, that would ideally get sorted out. I think Coach Cap will be able to do that. He had them punching above their weight last year. He sure will. So it's uh, that, that's that's something to look at. Something that they need to get corrected there in terms of the run blocking. So when you talk about secondary and pass coverage, right? It's it's uh, misalignment, it's yeah. technique, it's scheme, and then it's talent level, right? right? And so I think we have the talent level to compete. I think we yeah. need to clean up some things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very confident in, in Coach Hazleton's ability to, to right the ship. And, you know, with Coach Tucker coaching the secondary, I believe you will see improvement as the year goes on. But definitely we got to get better. There's yeah. no question we got to get yeah. better. It's very interesting because when Scotty was at Kansas State, 
he had Kansas State routinely in the top 20 as a defense while playing against very explosive yes, offenses. Pass, pass happy. So it's very interesting to see this be the issue. And I, I do think if they up the pressure, things will change. So we'll see what they decide to do in the coming weeks. If you can get home with four people, right? If it, Jacoby and, you know, and Slade being out hurt us. Right. Let's, you know, um, X being out hurt us, Darius yeah. being out hurt. Not to make excuses. Right. But, but pressure is everything. Yeah. I think if you get pressure, um, you're going to be fine. Yeah. If you don't get pressure, then your secondary is going to look average. Right. And, and, so, and right. you have to adjust at that point. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what they didn't adjust. They did adjust other things. I know if you watch the full game and you're watching the schemes and the coverages, it's not that they didn't make any adjustments. The second half defense was pretty different than the first half defense. It was. The issue was that the pass rush was the exact same in terms of effectiveness. So they did not adjust the pressure. They did not adjust blitzing. They did adjust in the back, but the key comes down to getting pressure on the quarterback, and that wasn't happening. That, that is the absolute key, right? I mean, if you want, if you get pressure on the quarterback, your secondary is going to be fine. So, I'm, I'm, we have the we have the athletes to get pressure on the quarterback, and I'm quite confident that will improve yeah. as the year goes on. But I think one thing that uh, Stephen Brooks uh, pointed out was very interesting. If you can show that uh, that stat, right? When he talked about it, he said 37.9 percent of the rushes. When we when we go back to the O line mm-hmm. and we go back to the secondary, 37.9 mm-hmm. percent of the rushes were for zero or fewer yards. <clears throat> And Washington's had a 14% improvement in completion rate against zone versus man. Yeah. So as this game becomes more a game of analytics, what does that tell you? This tells me that Michigan State's offensive line wasn't run blocking very effectively. And then this tells me that Michael Penix had more success throwing against Michigan State's zone than the man. I think that speaks to what Mel was saying in terms of some breakdowns in communication because a lot of times we saw that Michigan State, they had several guys covering open spots of green grass and not on anybody. That's because of miscommunications in zone. So that basically tells us that in zone, which is obviously more complex to play, there were more breakdowns. So, yeah, like I said, I think the issue wasn't that they were playing too much zone. It's that it came with no pressure. So just, I would say blitz, go down blitzing. If, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I mean, I, any defense, if there's no pressure, yeah. you're dead. Yeah. I mean, it's just the bottom line. It's yeah. just the way it goes. Every, everybody knows the edge rusher is a premium. And I have no doubt the two-time Big Ten defensive player of the week, national, or Big Ten player of the week, right. will uh, we'll, we'll be able to fix that. But uh, we got to get him some help. So I think what's really comforting is when the head coach gets up to the podium and takes accountability. And that speaks to the culture that Mel Tucker is building. If you could show Mel's quote, and Justin, you can read it. Yeah, the reflection is, like I told the players, the resume is on the tape. Right now, I'm a horseshit football coach. Honestly, that's how I think about it, so we got to get better. How about that analysis mm-hmm. from a head coach? Yeah. That man tells you that the buck stops here. All right, so when you read that, Spartan Nation, you take comfort in that because he's accepting responsibility. The buck stops here and that he is going to accept responsibility to fix it. Mm -hmm. And if it's not going to get fixed his way, there's going to be personnel changes, which he talked about. Um, And and I'm quite confident that it'll be fixed. Um, 
I, I actually think like great leaders are able to do that, right? They're able mm -hmm. to look in the mirror. They're able to self-evaluate. And, uh, you know, kudos to Mel Tucker. When we talk about the impact players of this specific game versus Washington, and we have many highlights, obviously one that speaks out is our, our guest, the Spartan Dog of the Week, right. Ke Keon Coleman. Keon had nine receptions for 116 yards, mm -hmm. two touchdowns. And did you see anything different from Keon this week that you have in the past or thought or – yeah, no, Keon is just a dominant, dominant player. He's a guy that's a stronger than a lot of the corners he goes against. He's also faster than he should be at his size. And this week, he just got more volume, naturally, and he went ahead and, and made plays. I would say that he's a guy that is a security blanket that you should use anytime there's a broken play, and Peyton Thorne did that quite a bit, and uh, I think that's what should happen going forward. And just um, he's going to be a high draft pick in the NFL one day. I agree. Trey Mosley flashed as well. Yeah, Trey is always reliable. Just a, just a guy you can turn to, a guy that knows how to run his routes, not going to have many miscommunications. And once again, Trey Mosley goes out there and does what he always does, and it's uh, good to see it from Trey. Just very reliable, underrated player he is. I do think Trey is uh, somewhat underrated. Mm -hmm. He makes a lot of plays. He yeah. absolutely does. You know who else flashed was Daniel Barker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daniel Barker had yeah. seven receptions for 69 yards. Yeah. And I think the tight end, utilizing the tight end, especially in, in a, in a four-wide set where you're creating mismatches in mm -hmm. a slot against a linebacker, yeah. Daniel Barker could be a hell of a weapon. Yeah, we, we talked about it on the show last week that I expected uh, Daniel Barker to have a lot of targets this week because Jay Johnson was expected to open up the playbook this week, and he did. So uh, DJ had 10 targets, and um, I think I expected, and I said he'd have eight plus. So definitely Jay did not disappoint and utilizing the tight end that he finally got. And I think he's going to be a mainstay in the offense moving forward. So now we move on, right? On to the next. MSU faces Minnesota Saturday, 3.30, Big Ten Network. Talk to us a little bit about the Gophers and what you see, Justin. I think um, – Michigan State fans immediately are fearful of the fact that Minnesota has a billion-year quarterback uh, behind po behind the pocket. He's been um, there only 12 years. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he's a guy that's going to have experience and kind of know what he's doing. But I don't expect Michigan State to get shredded through the air. I know Aiden O'Connell is a guy that he gets compared to a lot, but I don't see as much similarity in their arm talents. And he's not a guy that has had a lot of 300-yard passing games in, in recent years. I think he's had three 300-yard passing games in, since... In nine Ty years. Yeah, so like since Tyler Johnson or Rashad Bateman and those guys left, he hasn't really put up many passing yards. Of course, that can change this week, but... I don't expect this to be as dangerous of a passing attack that, that some fans are worried about. Obviously, they have Muhammad Ibrahim. They have solid defensive uh, talent on that team. They have guys that are going to make an impact. And um, we have uh, some stats here of some of the key, key figures on, on both sides here. Um, as you see under receiving yards, Cameron Ottman-Bell, he's unfortunately out for the year. Um, you always hate to see that, but... Um, and then you see Muhammad Ibrahim, Tanner Morgan over there. And then on Michigan State side, you see Keon, Jalen Berger, Peyton Thorne. Um, and the football power index by ESPN has Michigan State winning by a 61% chance. So we'll see if that yeah, pans out. Yeah, we're two and a half point underdogs. I think... Um, Who knows what? Vegas or ESPN? This is... Uh, so ESPN 
and Vegas's opening line of MSU minus one and a half seemed to be aligned. It got bet over by the public, so the public seems to be down on Michigan State right now. But it's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. So Minnesota has looked good, but they're entering the woodshed. And John Kirby's tweet on the bright side. Where are we? Do yeah, we, we have. Uh, there it is. John's tweet. Uh, MSU is five and two when coming off loss under Mel Tucker, and they are underdog. They were underdogs in six of those seven games. And there you see each of the results that he's pointed out. So um, Mel has beaten Michigan coming off of a loss as 24-point underdogs. Mel's beaten Northwestern, a top-10 team, coming off of a loss. And Mel has beaten this uh, past season, Northwestern, Maryland, and Penn State, coming off losses. And two of those was as underdogs. So Mel has a propensity to not allow one loss turn into two. That and I think right. that's the key to college football is when you're when you're going facing an avalanche mm-hmm. is to reverse the avalanche and right you know one thing about this team is is the neutral thinking mm-hmm. right um it it takes what it takes and keep the main thing the main thing and so everybody knows that uh, i actually think we match up well against minnesota keys to the game versus minnesota justin what do you what do you see in here when you watch the team? You and I watched about eight hours of tape. <laughs> when you watch that, tell me the keys to the game, because you and I both agreed on what we saw. Yeah, it's Minnesota is they're going to come out there and they're going to play tough Midwest football. Their PJ Fleck has kind of brought that identity over from his days with Western Michigan. Um, they're going to come in and try to set the tone on the ground. Like I said, Tanner Morgan is not going to rip Michigan State through the air. So. One of the keys is Michigan State's going to have to take away Muhammad Ibrahim. Um, they're stable of backs behind him, too, and, and neutralize that running game. Um, defense has to get off the field on third down this week. Um, can't have third and sevens uh, over and over, breaking the back or, or anything of that nature. Um, they have to get pressure on Tanner Morgan. Like I said, last week, um, out of all the complaints that everybody else had, my main complaint was the lack of blitzing. I would like to see that change this week and in, in the weeks going forward. Um, I think as a result, you can win the turnover battle. We see what some immobile quarterbacks do when they get blitzed. We saw Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football, um, what happens there when you blitz the quarterback. And um, I think after last game, the, the lack of success they had running the football, it's very important to make sure that does not happen two games in a row just for the rest of the season's trajectory. So they have to force the run game to work this game. Um, if it doesn't work, I guess you can't force it all game long, but they have to come in with an intentional, um, conscious effort to try, to try to have the run game work. Let's go to Minnesota's players to watch on the, the PFF chart that we because this is important yeah this is very interesting um very pro football focuses highest ranked quarterback running back tight end and corner and all of the power five all happen to be minnesota players you see um obviously uh morgan and ibrahim who we've talked about then we see terrell smith at corner and then we see um brevin ford uh, also over there at tight end so these are guys that Michigan State's going to have to watch out for. But um, I still think um, this game is going to come down to Minnesota running the ball and whether Michigan State is going to be able to run the ball themselves. Football is a game of matchups, right? And, and <clears throat> when you look at their personnel against our personnel, it's, it's big on big. 
began big can we stop the run we we have uh have we historically had problems with pass happy teams we have so football is all about matchups right i think we match up well against minnesota uh that line of us being underdogs at home is very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, they have some good players. PJ has a great program. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, in the woodshed, undefeated over the last, I think, as Mel's tenure, have we lost in the woodshed? Yes, we have. The last 10 games, I believe, we won. Yeah, they haven't lost at the woodshed under Mel since they've had fans, I believe. Yes, since we had fans. So... This game is a huge game. It is the first Big Ten game. It will be the game in which will, in my opinion, dictate um, how the Big Ten season goes. So uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm expecting the Woodshop to be riled up. I'm expecting a great showing from our program, and uh, I can't wait till Saturday. How about you? Yeah, I don't. I don't usually make a lot of predictions. I didn't make a prediction last week. I probably won't make a prediction that many times in the future. But I, I have a hard time picturing Michigan State losing this game. I think this is a game where they're going to have a very intentional agenda of what areas they have to establish success in. I expect them to have balance in the offense. I expect the run game to start working. Their defense is not a pushover defense. Honestly, their defense worries me almost more than their offense, um, especially with Cameron Ottman Bell out. But I think I think Michigan State wins this game because if they can get that run game going and Peyton Thorne has proven to be back, I think I think they're going to have kind of the formula that they need to to win this game. A final in East Lansing, MSU twenty-seven, hmm. Minnesota seventeen. Hmm. That's what I'm predicting. Okay. Okay. That, that that because because of the matchup, I think it's a great matchup for us, mm-hmm. and I think you know the woodshed will be riled up, and so we're gonna find out because at the end of the day they have to line up and, and play the game, right? Yep, play it on the grass, not on the paper. On to Owen's three sixty MSU Sports Weekly update. Owen, you are live. Let us have it. All right, let's dive right into it. Hi, everybody. I am Owen Ozus with Owen's 360 MSU Sports Weekly Update. Let's start off with Fueled Hockey. On Friday, September 16th, MSU fell to number 19 Rutgers, 3-2 in overtime. Hannah Jarvis scored as well as Issa Vanderwege. Ashley Harlog had two assists in that one as well. On Sunday, MSU took down Bellarmine. 3-1, to one, Harlock and Vanderwege both scored it, as well as Lulu Fulton. Over to women's soccer, Lauren DeBell recorded the Spartans' second straight hat-trick as MSU routed Illinois 3-0 in their Big Ten opener. DePoe also won Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week and also netted the fastest hat-trick in MSU history in 11 minutes and 2 seconds. Quickly over to men's soccer, MSU fell 4-1 to one to number 4 Washington. Jacob Cromer was the only only Spartan score in that one. Finally, over the volleyball this past weekend was the Green and White Classic at the Breslin Center. On Friday, MSU took down Oakland three sets to none. On Saturday, the Spartans routed Chicago State three to one behind Aaliyah Moore's 17 kills. Then later that day, MSU finished off the sweep against Evansville. Three sets to none with Evie Duzeman. She picked up 11 kills. MSU moves to 9-2 and two on the season. Until next week, I am Owen Ozas with Owen's 360 MSU Sports Weekly Update. 
Oh, and thank you. That was wonderful. I think we need to get Leah Johnson, uh, our uh, yeah. volleyball coach, on. Susie Merchant would be great as well. Mm-hmm. We would love to see them on the show. Can you make that happen, Owen? We could. We could. Let's make it happen. Can you personally make that I, happen? You know, I, I bet I could email some people and Can make some phone calls. Can you email some people? Yeah. Can you text uh, Su- A.D. Haller? Susie actually, uh, she bought me ice cream. Um, fun fact. Okay. Hold on. We- Let's talk to Colton. Colton <laughs> Pouncey, melting moments. What was it? No, it's uh, so they had just lost in the Big Ten tournament. Okay. They were coming back. I was on the bus ride back with them because my car actually broke down okay. from Indy. And then basically, <laughs> we all of a sudden stopped yeah. at like this Dairy Queen. I don't even know. It might have been in Chicago or something like yeah. that. And she's just like, all right, everybody out. We're getting ice cream. Season's over. So, <laughs> and she's like, you want some ice cream? And I'm like, sure. And so she bought me a, I forget what it was, but it was some kind of mixer that uh, Dairy okay. Queen has. So yeah. Wow. This is a fun fact Listen, right there. She's yeah. a wonderful person. She yeah. is. She's awesome. You have failed geography. Because you were coming back from Indy? That would make sense. It's probably Fort Wayne. It's probably Fort Wayne. It's not honestly, Chicago. I don't remember. I, I know, but it, it was a bus. Well, after know. the show, we're going to show you a map. Yeah. Okay. You, you can't yeah. physically come back to Detroit yeah. from Indy, okay. and it'd be Chicago, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, here, what about the long way? Could you go a long way around? No, no, no. no. <laughs> not really. Because <laughs> you know? yeah. then there's the lake. And then you have Indy down here. He's drawing the lake. I'll show it to after. He's yeah. the show. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that does I, it. That's this, it, Joe, yeah. Justin. Yeah, that does it for this week's show, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, we're gonna be talking about this week's game uh, against Minnesota next week. Hopefully, you enjoyed uh, Keon Coleman joining the show. And until next time, that's Brian. I'm Justin, and thanks for watching the SD for All show. Go Green. Close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. is Cox Internet. So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.